0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. Why did Jesus have to be baptized? While Reverend Heidi Le Corbeille doesn't have any certain answers, we invite you to ask these questions in her homily for today, which marks her first as Trinity's official priest in charge. Based on scripture found in Luke chapter 3, here is Bends in the Road, a homily on moving forward in faith.
1: May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. This morning, I think, is all about bends in the road. A bend in Jesus' road, a bend in our road as a parish family. Let's start with Jesus' road. Today, we see him as an adult for the first time. We see him baptized, filled with the Spirit. We see his experience of knowing himself claimed, knowing himself utterly beloved. That experience is going to become the foundation of everything he does and everything that we do. The rest of his ministry and ours is gonna come from that place of rejoicing. But of course, the gospel reading we just heard started with John, not with Jesus. It's John who's been out in the wilderness calling people to baptism. Turn away from your past lives, he's been saying. God is going to be entering your life in a whole new way. You want to be ready. This is good news, Luke tells us. People come to hear it from miles around, and John baptizes them in the Jordan River. These are mostly poor people. They're living in challenging times. They want so badly for their lives to change. They want so badly for their world to change. Maybe we can relate. We don't really know what they thought this baptism was going to do for them. We know they were human, so surely all of them had their fair share of disappointments and failures and failings. There are moments of not living up to God's dream or their own. Moments when maybe they felt they deserved as little as they'd gotten. Moments when maybe they felt like the useless chaff left after the wheat is threshed. Perhaps some of them hoped that baptism would change that. Perhaps they hoped that baptism would wash away the past or make them more deserving in future. Perhaps some of them hoped it would stamp their ticket for admission into whatever good things might be coming or that it would protect them from anything bad. But Luke's story focuses on Jesus and Jesus couldn't have thought any of those things. Jesus lived without sin, we're told. His ministry was the good thing that was about to happen. So what was he getting baptized for? That one keeps theologians busy. And although we can't ever truly know why Jesus gets baptized, we do know that baptism is for Jesus a moment of encounter of being filled with the Spirit, of being absolutely sure that God loves him. The voice Luke tells us about says nothing about what Jesus has done or will do. It just says that God loves him. God claims him. In that moment, God's Spirit fills him and something about that fullness changes Jesus's life forever. Most of you know what happens next. Jesus is baptized, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and then his ministry begins. There's been something about this experience of baptism, this experience of knowing himself loved and claimed that sets everything else in motion for him for us. There is something about his experience of the Spirit that pushes him forward to share that Spirit with those around him. God is filling his life in a whole new way, and he is up for it. He's ready. Jesus' baptism didn't involve preparation classes that we know about, or baptismal vows didn't involve any dwelling on past sins, but it does demand his willingness to set his feet on God's path, to walk forward to that bend in the road. He can't know himself to be that beloved and still stay where he is. He can't know the joy of God's presence and not want to share that joy with others. He doesn't seem to know what that's going to look like yet. He's going to have to spend some time figuring that out. But he knows that what he's got is something he has to share. His joy in God's presence, his trust in God's love. Jesus will spend the rest of his life sharing these things. He'll feed and heal the people around him. He'll teach them what he knows and send them out to teach others. He'll pray. He'll read and share scripture. He will remind everyone he talks to of the same promise we heard in our first reading from Isaiah this morning. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. He will call them to move from fear to hope, to turn each new corner rejoicing that God is with them. Today is also a turning point in Trinity's life as a congregation. I have stood in this pulpit on and off for more than a dozen years or so first as a lay preacher then as a student preparing for ordination then as a supply priest for most of that time trinity has been without a salaried pastor we have been immeasurably blessed by the ministries of father don and many dedicated lay leaders but those lay leaders have had to work pretty hard and haven't always had as much support as they might have liked. So you began the process of looking for a half-time priest a couple of years ago. And at that time, the diocese asked me to step back, and I thought they were right. Uh, For one thing, I already had a full-time job and was serving several other congregations. For another, I agreed that Trinity needed its time in the wilderness it needed time to figure out where its road might be leading what kind of pastor might best walk it with them but you know a lot has changed since then for one thing i don't have a full-time job anymore (laughs) i retired from isu just as covid was beginning and for another thing there's covid congregations across the country were already facing some uncomfortable changes when Trinity first started putting together its parish profile. We're facing a lot more of them now. I can't tell you how we're going to face those challenges. That's something we'll have to keep working through together. But I can tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to tell each other that if we just put out a few more press releases, invite a few more friends to church, spiff up the website a bit, that we're going to get things back exactly the way they once were. Those things need to happen, but they're only going to get us so far. We're not going to tell ourselves that if we only try hard enough, we can fit into those pants from high school. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work for New Year's resolutions, and it doesn't work for churches. And even if it did work, it would kind of miss the point. Because Jesus isn't calling us to go backwards. Jesus is calling us to go forward, together, to know ourselves deeply loved and claimed just as jesus was to see every person around us as deeply loved and claimed just as jesus did and to be ready for wherever god takes us next we're not all there how could we be some of us are so tired of zoom or online worship or worrying who we're sitting next to um, and whether they're wearing a mask and where we can go and what is happening to our country's politics. But that's why we walk this path together, young and old, gay and straight, married and single, rich and poor, present and absent, sure and unsure. That's why we follow God's star together, helping each other out over the hard parts, borrowing light from each other and shining that light on the world all around us. I am so glad that I get to walk this next stretch of road with you. Amen. Amen.
0: We are grateful you've listened today, and we hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are a part of that mission. So thank you. If you would like to know more about our parish or the Episcopal Church, you can find us online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Thanks be to God.